Hello people and welcome to the Sam Wardrop show. I am Sam Wardrop and I'm still not sure on the podcast name. So if you have a better idea or an idea, please let me know. Before we get stuck into the first show, I want to let you know that everything you hear on here will be on things such as football, fitness, mindset and life. I will have guests on but I'll also be sharing some of my own ideas. Anyway, you're here for episode one and my first guest. His name is Craig Quinn. He's one of my best mates and we did this episode on Facebook Live in case you think anything we say is slightly out of context. We're covering football and the American dream, the journey to the American scholarship. So listen in and I hope you enjoy. That's us. The, million, the millions tune in. <laughs> That's us. So, um, hello if you're tuning in, if you're watching it live, brilliant. If you're not, if you're catching up later on, uh, hello and welcome. I'm Sam uh, and this is my good friend Craig Quinn. Hi Craig, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you Sam? Yeah, not bad. So, looking forward to just chatting tonight about basically different pathways for footballers. Um, you were a, a different kind of story from some of the guys that maybe are listening in. You didn't, you didn't opt for that pro contract. You decided to go to the States instead, get an education, uh, do something a bit different. And tonight it's just about really sharing um, the fact that there is not, there's more than one choice, there's more than one option. If it doesn't work out for you professionally at a club, um, you can do things like the scholarship. Uh, and we're also going to be answering questions if anyone fires any questions in um, during the discussion um, or at the end. We'll also answer some. I've got a few questions here to get through. So, first of all, Craig, um, where where did it begin for you? Um, you're obviously at Hamilton from a young age. Yeah, so I, I went to Hamilton probably when I was, um, I think it was about 11 years old at the time. So, before that, I was just playing boys club, played with a boys club called Rosvale. Um, and then basically, you know, when it kind of, the, the pro use thing starts at kind of under 12s, uh, that's when I went to Hamilton. And I was at Hamilton right through until, Obviously, I went off to America. Um, aye. Brilliant experience. Really good youth academy to be brought up in uh, Hamilton, Scotland. Hamilton Ackies. Yeah. It was, it was, to be honest, it was good. Um, Hamilton, a good club for for developing youth. And, you know, it's probably a good place to apply your trade. Um, maybe not quite the, the Celtic or Rangers, but, you know, it was it was good. Hold on a sec, mate. I'm having technical problems with this. Uh live I'm hearing it on this thing as well uh, That's it. So, so basically what, what age were you when you left Hamilton or you decided um, to go to the States were you 16 is that right no I was 17 at the time so you were 17 so was it was the yes. professional contract on the table there for you yeah I remember yep. I remember it was years ago now we're old men now but if <laughs> yeah, you can so, go into detail about that the kind of process so, like, so yeah so basically when I was kind of 17 years old I was at Hamilton you're in about the you're playing under 17s, you're in about the under 20s setup. Um, so the 17s would play on a Tuesday and the, the 20s would play, I think. No, the 17s would play on a Sunday and the 20s would play on a Tuesday. So kind of in about that. Um, so you got to the end of the season, and that's when they start offering boys to kind of go professional. Um, and it's, you know, it's just your kind of first first time contract. It's not a lot of money, but it's it's a chance, you know, for you to go and experience what being a professional footballer did you, is. Did you so, go professional? Did you go no, full-time? So, no, I never. So when I was 17, I got offered to go full-time. Um, 
and I was I was thinking about it to be honest before that I probably thought that's you know the avenue I wanted to go down up until that point um just kind of always wanted to play football professionally uh, at any level possible um but then kind of I think it was actually while I was playing for Hamilton uh kind of started hearing about boys going out to do football scholarships in America. I uh, didn't know much too much about it. And then kind of one, t- one day I got an email from a college in America in Georgia. It was actually a, a, the coach there used to play for Hamilton himself. Um, and he got in touch with me, sent me an email and a bit like this set up like a, I think it was Skype they were using yeah. then. So we had a Skype meeting. Yeah. Just kind of sold it to me. Um, at that age, you know, probably at Hamilton, I was kind of starting to think, what are my options here? Where is it going? Um, yeah. And I, I heard about a chance to go and experience a different culture. You know, it was really yeah, kind of I think, appetizing to me. Aye, I think it's important to, to kind of highlight that, that a lot of boys would just get this tunnel vision thinking professional contract, professional contract, professional contract. And the reality is the, the diff, like, I'm, I don't want to speak badly about Hamilton or anything like that, but what you got out in the States, we're going to talk about the facilities and you, you travelled all over the States. Um, you kind of got this unbelievable experience. Um, whereas you might not get that from just playing like mm. kind of full-time football at a Scottish club. So I think when some boys come to that age, 15, 16, 17, and they're worried they might not get the contract, it's good to know. It's good to be aware of the fact that there are other opportunities um, like the scholarship. Uh, and as you said, there's a ton of Scottish coaches out there um, who want to bring Scottish boys over because they know what they're like, they know they're good players, they know they can um, do well coming over and playing um, in the States. Um, but I think as well, one thing I remember you saying is when you were selecting your um, college to go to, um, whereabouts you were going to go, what influenced that was it was your football ability, but also education-wise. Like mm-hmm. I remember you saying if you were smart, if you did well in school, and you were also decent at football, you got like the top tier um, kind of choices in terms of where you could go to. And I think that's interesting as well, because it goes to show that I, I know we, we both know some boys that maybe weren't actually even that good at football, but their education was brilliant and they've got, they still got to go out and do the scholarship. So it's important to highlight that having good grades in school and having your football can help you. Yeah, definitely. So, like going on to that, um, it's really important because if the way it works over there, so each team gets nine full scholarships across mm-hmm. the whole squad. So on average, you say uh, they have a squad of 30 in their first team squad. And they, that this coach, his budget is set by the NCAA. The NCAA are the governing body yeah. for the college sports. That They set that for soccer. So soccer is allowed nine scholarships across the full the full squad so that coach can he can either give nine people full scholarships and the the other you know 21 boys no scholarship or he can divvy that out amongst all the boys so typically what kind of happens is he tries to maximize his budget as much as possible so he'll you know he'll maybe there might be what a top player who gets a full scholarship you know full athletic scholarship um and And, 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 and what and what you mean by that is that everything's paid for you don't have to pay anything yeah, you don't pay in. So and you look your, after you. You get your, you know, you get your food, you get your digs, uh, you get your tuition, you get kind of all your books, you get kind of anything you want, really. Aye, but, so sorry, 
So, so ju- just to pick up on that, what, what you actually got there, um, at the time I remember thinking, you don't get that at full-time Scottish clubs, you were getting boots, you were getting training kit, you were getting your food, you were getting like sports scientists, you were getting access to the gym, training on unbelievable facilities, like what you have access to is incredible, isn't it? Yeah, it's brilliant. It's, it's like kind of almost like living on a kind of holiday camp. Like you've got, as you said, you've got your gym, you've got your sports scientists everywhere. You know, you've got your top class facilities right in your doorstep. You're getting boots. You're getting. I think the the college I went to had a, a night sponsorship for the whole college, so you've got all the gear, everything you mm-hmm. want. You're amazing. Traveling nice buses to games, sometimes flying to games. So you're really getting that all round treatment. It's it's. <laughs> It's to be honest, it's a million miles from some of the kind of professional football that, that yeah. goes on in Scotland. Yeah, um, and that's just the way it is over there. But it's it's a great. You're almost you're almost like a Premier League player. I remember you <laughs> tell me you'd stay in hotels and that, and you'd get planes over to games. Obviously, it's because the, the distances are, are so big. So it was Young Harris you went to first, wasn't it? Yeah, Young Harris. Young so Young Harris is in uh, the North Georgia mountains. So the state Georgia's the state up just from Florida. Um, so when I went there, it was you know it took a bit of time to climatize. Obviously, coming from Scotland, it was the middle of summer, mm. about forty degrees every day, and you've they've got you up at five and five six in the morning doing boot camp style training, <laughs> getting you fit. You've got, you've got yeah. So basically, the way it works over there is you see if you don't hit a certain level in the bleak test, you can't play games right until you hit that level. So I remember, uh, you know like taking part in a bleak test was like sitting in an exam you had that yeah. like nervous feeling before it and basically I remember one of the boys didn't he didn't pass the bleak test didn't get to the, the level that was required and the coach made him get up every day at six in the morning and keep running it until he passed it <laughs> then, then he could play just standards isn't it setting standards just, High standard. uh, just that American kind of military style uh, mentality really and it's, <laughs> To be honest, for a lot of Scottish boys, it's a it's a culture shock. It certainly Aye. was for me. So, so was was there a lot know. of Scottish boys when you went first over? Because a lot of boys might be listening who are thinking about doing a scholarship might think to themselves, "Who's who's going to be there?" Um, I, yeah. So there was yeah. So when I first went over, the the squad that that I was in, uh, Young Harris was very international. So predominantly British boys. We had two or three Scottish boys in the team, and then we had boys from you know, various different countries around the world, like Brazil, uh, Spain, Germany, uh, where else? Costa Rica, Serbia, honestly, you name it. Yeah, there was boys, obviously, America, Mexico, yeah. uh, all Honduras, over. all I think, over the world. I think that's amazing, because at a young age, when you first went over there, 17, like, just having the experience of all these different cultures, all these different types of people, different characters... It's definitely an eye opener. You wouldn't get that playing for Hamilton, would you? No, no. <laughs> Not no, just like playing for Hamilton off, but it's just it's just to show it's just to say really that the kind of what the, the kind of experiences you get access to by doing what you did. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's completely different. Before that, probably the I'd only really played with boys from, from Scotland, the west of Scotland, mm-hmm. almost. Maybe a wee bit, you know, if this when the Scotland stuff was on and that you, you got the experience playing with boys, playing against boys from different countries mm. but this was the first experience I had of being in a, an international dressing room and just how it kind of how it operates you know how the boys yeah. communicate with each other and how they kind of intermingle and how the cultures really kind of mix it's quite yeah. it's a, an, an interesting environment actually to see 
Aye. Especially I, that age. So. I know, I know. But it is when you're just a young a youngster looking at um all these different different guys. So basically you 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 kind of progressed through that and you stayed there, was it five years in total? Four years. Four years. Four years. And you, you moved you moved to a different college. You also played some summer football as well, which is a good yep. thing to do if you're out there. Um good experience. So you went from Young Harris, and then where did you go? So after that, I went to Lee University. Lee University. It was in uh, Tennessee, so just in a city called uh, Chattanooga. Uh-huh. So for anyone that's not familiar with Tennessee, uh, the kind of biggest city would be Memphis, and then there's Nashville and Chattanooga kind of near each other, and Lee and, was just kind of in was between the, reason, the two. What was the reason for your transfer? So to be honest, the... Young Harris was where it where it was located. That I kind of felt it was a little bit rural for myself, uh-huh. being from Glasgow. Eh, I I liked all the boys. Got on really. Probably made better friends at Young Harris than I did at my second university. But mm. a lot of them were leaving. They were they were kind of graduating or moving on to different places. So I kind of thought I'll I'll explore my options and see if I can maybe find somewhere, you know, a bigger university, maybe maybe in a more populated area. Yeah, somewhere you know, and and then as well, there's that feeling that you can experience somewhere different at the, exactly. at the same time as well. So yeah, you know, it's kind of seen Definitely. it, seen it from two different I, perspectives. And it, and it, yeah. show, it shows you you've got the flexibility as well when you do go out there. You're not stuck to this one college for you know the full term. You can move on, and also you played your summer football as well. Summer football was brilliant. That's probably the summer football. Um, you know, the, the, the college stuff is brilliant. You, you probably get treated more like a professional in college. Yeah. But the summer football was maybe more the kind of realistic, kind of more like playing your part-time football here. Um, so the first summer I played in Knoxville, which was in Tennessee, which was good. I enjoyed there. It was all right. But the remainder of my summers, I played in a place called Erie in Pennsylvania. Um, it was brilliant. You know, so the, the way the summer works is that the fourth division in America, uh, because they rely heavily on college boys to play for them, uh-huh. the season only lasts from May through to August. So uh-huh. it's a kind of really short season. They just play loads of games. So you're you're kind of playing, you're training every day, you're playing. Um, you go to one of the clubs, they'll set you up with accommodation, with your food, and they'll give you a job. So they'll, they, quite often they have coaching. So, for example, when I was out there, I, w- I would be coaching every single day. You're earning money as well. Doing, Doing earning money, yeah, exactly. That's that's where you can kind of earn your money. You know, it keeps you and again, going. Again, you you travelled to another bit of the states and and seen something else. Yeah, exactly. That well, that was up north. So, yeah. So I was mainly down south at college, mm-hmm. but so that gave me a chance to see up the north of America. Uh-huh. We we stayed on a big lake. So Lake Erie is a big, massive lake. It's like an ocean. We are right next to the beach. Lots of you know fun activities. Fun activities, uh, nightlife. <laughs> nightlife, um, all that kind of good stuff. But then again, there's all the football there, there's the coaching. So it's yeah. it's a good way to kind of pass your time when you're not doing your studies. Yeah. Because you spend all this year, you know, balancing your academics and Aye. your football schedule, which is really, you know, it's really straining on you. It's really, really taxing. So it's, exactly. it's, and, it's good and, to like enjoy, you know, just playing football. Yeah. And not to forget, you also the, one of the biggest reasons you go there is to further your education, get yourself a degree, and you you did that. What, what exactly. was your experience in terms of how good the education was? What you actually were allowed to get the free education whilst playing football it was it was a it was a win win really. 
Yeah, but it's probably second to none. It's probably so it's it's a chance for you to get that degree, so to speak, while kind of almost training like a football a full time footballer. That mm. essentially you're almost more than a full time footballer because you've got your academics on top of that. So probably one of the hardest things, and it was probably something I didn't realise when I first went over, was actually balancing out your academics. Yeah, so your your university <clears throat> work and your football because you're yeah. You know, you're every second week you're traveling, and traveling over there isn't just—it's not just like here where you're playing Kilmarnock away or something like that, and it's a forty-five minute journey. Traveling means you're yeah. going to play two games back to back on the road. So when I say on the road, it's it's four or five hours away. You're yeah. on a bus. You're staying in hotels. You're not. You're not. You're missing out in kind of key academic dates because of that. Yeah. So you've got to find a way to proactively manage that and it's, it's it, when you first go over that that's that's a, a real eye-opener to be honest uh-huh. so it kind of gives you a wake-up call that it's, you're not just here for a you're not just there for a holiday you know nah, you're not you're not more, just there to play football you're there to work that's it no nah, well. you're there to work so yeah but you know you get used to it and there's it, there's lots of rewards through that too uh-huh. and you, you know it's brilliant when at the end of the day when you've when you've achieved that so it's it's a you know even like when you're describing to people you know if you can how you how, how you manage your time uh, that's a great example of how yeah you manage your time really so two two other things that i wanted to bring up was one what are the opportunities to go professional out there there are opportunities so when you're playing in the college football i know you play with boys who get picked up and are now playing is it the league below the mls mm-hmm. yeah so there's there is opportunities there if, if you know that's something you want to do and you're you really you really perform and you, you put yourself out there. You go to trials. So so probably I'm I I would say probably I played with like 15, 20 boys out there who are all playing in the USL, which is the league below the MLS mm-hmm. now, doing doing really, really well in that league. Um one of them actually just recently came back to the UK and signed with uh, with uh, Wimbledon in right. the English Championship. I went to he played with me at Young Harris. And he's now just went back out there to play with Miami, mm-hmm. you know, the mm-hmm. the you know the new team from Miami. So he's just signed there. Beckham's and team. So yeah, what's that? Beckham's team. No, I, I actually don't know if it's Beck. I don't. I don't know. It must be Inter Miami's the new. I'm sure. I, I think it might be Miami CF. Or I don't know. Right, right, right. Um, they're a brand. They're a brand new team, basically from Miami. So he's I... just signed signed there. But anyway, regardless <laughs> of you know. Whoever's team it is, but it's, it looks he's obviously living the life out in Miami. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, there's countless amounts of boys that are playing in that USL, which is a it's a good league, you know, and really good league. Yeah, they get they get paid they get paid. You know, they're not they're not going to be millionaires out the game, but like they paid all right, and they, they get looked after. They get their accommodation and all that stuff, and they're Aye. living the like the lifestyle. They're Aye. prolonging that lifestyle you get at college, really, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I the, the, one of the biggest things, one of the most attractive things about what, what you did, because I remember chatting, chatting to you about it at the time back when we were youngsters and knowing that you're getting looked after with, especially with the pro clubs as well, like they look after your, your they pay for all your accommodation, all your food. Um, I mean, even to the point where you, you were getting Starbucks, you were getting money to spend in Starbucks, weren't you? Like, Aye, so uh, yeah, I had the, Starbucks, the magic Starbucks card. Aye, so, so so they do look after you. They look after you. Yeah, yeah they, they they do, and that's going back to the way the way it kind of works with getting your scholarship. You know, it's, and you mentioning how important academics are. 
So as I was saying about the nine the nine scholarships, the budget that, that, that oh. they're allocated each year. Uh, so if they divvy that scholarship out above around their squad, you know, some boys might only be getting fifty percent or less scholarships. So yeah. the way of topping that up is, and it's a kind of avenue that coaches use to make their budget more efficient, is that they bring in boys that are not just good good footballers, they bring in boys that are good academically because they can yeah. get them academic money, so academic scholarships. So yeah. by doing well in your hires, you have to set what's called an SAT. By doing well in that, you qualify for academic money. So yeah. say if you're only getting offered a, a 40% scholarship, which is quite, you know, which is realistic for a lot, a lot of players, you can bring that up to a 90% scholarship by being uh-huh. really good academically. And it probably reinforces the, the point of really sticking in at your studies. You know, Aye, it's, definitely. Yeah. I, th- I think I think that's that's incredibly insightful and important, that point about how you can get it topped up and how you can get that full amount paid for you to cover your scholarship because there's boys that have to maybe top it up themselves. But it goes back to when you're growing up, when you're 14, 15, 16, 17, you're obviously mad about football. It's all you want to do. It's all you want to be. But if you've got the awareness um, to, to always kind of work hard in your school stuff as well, you don't know when when you might need it, when it might be called upon. Um, like, for example, you get to the age of 16, 17, and you think, hold on a minute, I quite fancy doing a scholarship. Right, brilliant. I'm good at football, um, and I'm, 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 I've done really well in school, so I can my, my scholarship's paid for. You know what I mean? Rather than getting to 17 and going, shit, maybe I should have worked a bit harder in school. And honestly, that's what I would say, that it's having that, that academic background to kind of, support you gives you so many more opportunities if you are want to go out there because a lot of the big see the see the, the universities and all the kind of luxurious locations yeah you know the ones that are in florida or california they don't need to give boys loads of money to come uh, athletically because boys want to come anyway so your your way of getting a really good scholarship at these kind of prime locations is is by being good academically because ultimately Aye. That's that's your way of showing to them. Look, you don't need to give me that much athletically. You can give me forty percent, but I, I'm I, I'm able to come because I can top it up with the yeah. academic because you've done yeah. really well in your hires. So it's it's um, yeah. really important. I and and say say for example, you weren't very skilled at football. You hadn't played in the professional setup or whatever. Is there still opportunities where, say, say you're all right at football, but you've not played professionally, you've not played for a professional club, is there still opportunities for players to go out, maybe because they, they, they've got they've done really well in school? So would that would that cover, do you know what I mean? If it was like you were really good at school, you were okay at football, or maybe you hadn't played for a professional club, but you still wanted to do the scholarship, is that possible? It's definitely possible. So, so a lot of colleges have, they have um, uh, reserve teams. So... I know, for example, boys that have came over from the UK and they've had to maybe spend their first year out there in the reserve team. You know, they're 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 not they're not on a full scholarship. They've got to pay maybe a little bit of money their first year, um, and they do really well in the, the second team in their first year, and they get they get pushed up to the first team, yeah, uh, and they get more scholarship money, and all of a sudden by their fourth year they're one of the top players out there. And, yeah, they've went. They've got chances to go professional and all that. So it's, you know, it's it's sometimes just about earning your stripes. But there's there's I, thousands of colleges. So really, it's just about it's a it's about 
trying to get as well as much footage together of yourself playing football. That's a good point, yeah. Because because obviously they're the coaches are all out in America. They've got to see footage of you playing. I know there's companies that, that help you with that and whatnot. Um, and they just can be useful just, as well. Put all your best bits in, in a minute video. That's <laughs> it. And leave all the bad bits out. <laughs> <laughs> the coach doesn't Google your name. But um, to be honest, it, it's 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 all about just promoting yourself and making yourself, you know, yeah, you know, being honest about yourself, you know, uh-huh. and your background. But it's, it's it's it can be inconsistent as well because a lot of coaches out there really don't have a clue about the game out here. Like, there's a lot of British coaches, a lot of Scottish coaches that do know the game here. There's yeah. a lot of American coaches and coaches from other countries that don't. So it's it's sometimes just about qualifying what you've done Aye. and and really putting it across in a video or a kind of CV style thing. Yeah. And that's important as well because, you know, it's it's not like here where a scout goes and watches you. It's, uh-huh. it's you, literally you, you have send to, them a video. Aye. It's like a CV if you're going for a, for a job instead of just writing about yourself, you're, you're sending your good bits, your clips, that sort of thing. That's it. And, and as well, you need a, you need a football CV. So you need a football what, CV. That's it. What I would start saying right now is uh, if you are kind of 14, 15, 16 years old, and this is something maybe you, you, you're really interested in doing, is start taking notes of all your achievements in football and, and mm-hmm. getting them put down a bit of paper. Start getting videos of yourself and start to accumulate a kind of profile that yeah. it means if, if you are sending yourself out to coaches, you know, they're, they're going to see a, a, a real a real uh-huh. picture of you and your talents. So so say, say for example, I'm 16 or what's the, what's the youngest you can go out to the state? 16, 17? So when I went out, I was 17. I just, I just finished fifth year at school. So I was really, really young. There's boys that I know that don't go out till they're 20. Right. Or 21. There's boys uh-huh. that go out at 18 when they finish sixth year. There's boys at 19. So really, you you know, if you if you feel like you, you've missed it because you're 18 right now, you're, you're certainly not. Or, or still 20. A or 20. There's still opportunities at no, that age. Yeah. yeah, you're still you're still in the age to go out. So, um, so say, say, say I've turned 20 or 21 and I want to go, or even 17. If, say, say I've just decided, right, I want to go to the States. I want to do a scholarship. Where do you go? Who do you speak to? What's the first thing you right. would do? So your first, to be honest, your first thing would be, there's a lot of companies out there that will help you with this. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of a few off the top of my head. I think it's Sports so and Futures that, is, that, one, is that what you or, would go to first? Would you do a simple Google search and say American scholarships and then just go from there? Probably what, what I would do first of all is try and speak to someone that's been out there yeah, uh, that knows what it's like. And quite often as well, they, they have contacts and especially Scotland there's a there's a kind of community of Scottish coaches out there yeah and I, I think they've got a kind of group now and they all know each other and they're all connected to each other and they've got lots of contacts so if chances are if you speak to someone especially from Scotland that's, that's been out there yeah like myself or someone else they'll 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 know a lot of people out there and they'll be, probably be able to put you mm. in the right in touch with the right people and then as well there's companies you can go down that avenue, you know, it will quite often they cost a bit of money to do, but it's, yeah. you know, if you get a good scholarship, it might be worth the service. Yeah. Um, so, so, so really, that, what I would that where you pay you, a company? Do you, sorry, do you yeah, pay would, a company? Yeah. So, 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 yeah, yeah, for kind of just to familiarize you with it, yeah, there's companies out there that will essentially 
assist you in finding a scholarship. So they've got a pool of contacts out there because they send like a kind of a lot of boys out there, almost like an agency. Yeah. And what they'll do is they'll assist you in making the videos. They'll help you go through your SATs, right? Which is the academic qualification you need to to um, obtain a scholarship, and then as well, what they'll do is they'll put on showcase games where okay, yeah. you'll play against teams or other boys that want to go out there, and they'll film them and they'll they'll take all your best parts from the game. So that's the kind of what they do, and then they, they send out to thousands of coaches. Yeah, and so, so, it's a bit. Oh, sorry, in you go. I was going to say it's a bit of kind of trial and error with it. Right. So essentially, you've got that option where you go through simple Google, use one of these big companies, you search them up, or you be a bit more kind of personal. You, you try and find someone that you know, maybe a friend or a family or an old teammate um, who you know has done it, or you know, maybe, maybe they know someone that's done it. So you get in touch with them, you have a chat. And as you said, it's a lot of it is about connections. Um, you know a ton of people out in the States. So for example, if someone was listening to this, you would be a good person to contact and you'd say, listen, I'll put you in touch with my old coach or blah, blah, blah. And that's another way to get in. A bit more informal. Probably don't have to spend Absolutely. any cash to do it. No, that, that, that that's a good way to do it as well. And um, if there's anyone, obviously, that, that is interested, feel free to get in contact with me. And sometimes it's not just putting you in contact with a coach that you know that will will take that this particular player. Sometimes it's like a snowball effect. So you introduce someone to someone and they introduce you to someone else and you know you start yeah. to build up a network that way and that's a that's a good way of doing it and sometimes you get really lucky and there's you know if you, I don't know like some boys are obviously playing maybe playing with Premier League clubs right now in Scotland and you know the, the coaches out there might might come to them yeah you know, but but probably nine times out of ten you 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 need it's like you need to approach it from all avenues, you know. Uh -huh. You need to explore maybe looking into these showcase companies, explore looking to, to go down your own route. Aye. Uh, try and build up contacts. Um, Aye, so don't don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't just rely on one thing. Exactly. Play the field. Look for the best option. Do your research. That sort of thing. And then another thing is as well, and I'm not sure the exact website, right, but there's the NC. So, so if anyone's like kind of not familiar and you probably won't be, to be honest. The NCAA is the is the governing body for for all college sports in America, and they're a massive organization. They have they have a lot of good facilities for helping you reach out to coaches. So, for mm -hmm. example, I think there's a there's a website that you can go on. It'll be on the NCAA website, and it gives you a list of emails for just about every college coach in the US. And to be honest, if you really want to go, you just need to get together as i said a cv yeah get together a, a, a video a highlights video and just don't be afraid to reach out to coaches and send them sell yourself to them you know yeah let them know why why you add value to their squad and you know as i said it could be trial and error but eventually one might get back to you and big, and, you know, big yourself up play yourself that's up that's it you know that's what i mean it. um so obviously education is brilliant football is brilliant but how good is the nightlife? The nightlife's good. I'm not going to lie, it's good. And, and it's probably one of these things as well that you probably just have to be careful with because it's you're not allowed to drink over there until you're 21. Good point. And you went so, over when you were 17, didn't you? 17, so I had a, I had a long time to wait. I don't think I turned <laughs> 21 until I was my last year over there. So, I had a, I had a, so I had you never went out, time. did you? 
You never went oh, out. No, was. I stayed, I stayed, stayed in every night, but no, the life, the, the night life's brilliant. There's obviously you're you're living with a community of boys, kind of like-minded boys, love football, all young, over living by yourself, independent mm. for the first time, and it's brilliant. You go out as a team, you celebrate winning, you know. Um, you don't celebrate losing, <laughs> but um, no, but um, you you kind of have that team environment, and you you all you win together, you lose together, and. There's lots of good socialising in that, and whether you, you know, build you, want, yeah. you build friends, friends for life, really, and it's it's brilliant. You know, it's and and uh, well, there's there's holidays throughout the year, so you get to go away for Thanksgiving. So Aye. you get you, to you got, stuff it, like that. Did you mention spring break as well? That's a good one. Yeah, so spring break is like a is you've probably heard Kevin Bridges saying it. It's like the American term for the Easter holidays. Aye. But they call it but they call it spring break. So spring break, effectively, that's it. That's it. Chad Open bit. No, so my first year I was I was over there. Uh, we as a team we all went to Florida for spring break and it was just you know a lot of fun on the beach, bars at night, all that kind of stuff, socializing, meeting lots of different people, warm weather. So it was you know, it was brilliant and, and you get to experience a different culture as well. It's maybe a bit different from your your Magaluf's and all that over here. So Aye. yeah. It's good that way. It's good that way too, of course. And you, you're over there to enjoy yourself first and foremost. So that's part of it too. You know, there's a lot there's lots of different things that you go out there for and, and enjoying yourself is one of them. So you know that yeah, definitely. That's, that's, that definitely. that's important to you. You know, that's that that's something that you're not you shouldn't be afraid to, to explore as well. Yeah. Good. So I won't keep you too much longer, mate. Um You've covered you've covered a ton of stuff, and if anyone watches this back, they'll take a lot from it. Um, they can share it with with anyone who who they know might be interested or wants to hear a kind of inside story. Because sometimes it's not too easy to get your hands on um, someone who's lived it, someone who's done it, getting an honest kind of opinion on it all, um, whether it's worthwhile. But I know you absolutely loved it. So what we'll do is we'll um, answer a few questions that uh, were sent in, and. And if anyone, and we can say goodbye, you can you can tell anyone if they want to get in touch with you just to reach out. Absolutely, yeah, no problem. And you can throw in your your saying these as well. So a lot of the a lot of the kind of comments questions that are coming in, we're saying they're struggling with motivation just now and mindset. So those are the two kind of talking points um, that were coming up. And the one thing I would say is it's hard with motivation and mindset just now because obviously everyone wants to play football. And you can't you can't train with your teammates. You can't play with your team, um, so it's hard to motivate yourself. You're like, why am I actually training? I'm not. Or if you're training by yourself, you're asking yourself these questions: What am I training for? This is pointless. When's football going back? I don't know. But what I would say is, for advice on that side of things, is just try and shift your mindset and your attitude to right. I've got for however long it is, maybe four weeks, five weeks, six weeks to work as hard as I can on all the things I maybe didn't have as much time for when I was playing and training. So you can really look at your nutrition. You can really look at um, your diet. You can look at your sleep. You can look at your hydration. Um, you can look at your, your general fitness. You can look at your strength, lower body, upper body strength. And another one as well is a lot of players forget is to watch clips of, of first team players that they admire. So what I would say is rather than getting caught up in I'm struggling to motivate myself. I'm struggling with the mindset. There's no football. There's no training. Shift it and just think, make a plan. What can I do right now? There's a, lo there's a load of things you can do. 
like we said, training, nutrition, lower body, upper body, watching clips of players. There's a lot you can focus on, especially when you've got more time just now. Um, I don't know. I don't know about how you've been in terms of motivation and mindset. What kind of things do you kind of just focus on to keep you going? So obviously, you know, right now is probably a, a unique time for football because when has this ever happened before? You know, probably never. Uh, mm. But probably something to like look at it as is, you know, you've got so much time right now, especially for player young players looking to kind of better themselves. You've got so much time right now to reflect on your own game. So if you look at it like this, it's like when you're at school, you get study leave. Your exam's not for another four or five weeks. You know, you've you, you the reason you get that study leave is so you can go away and better yourself. So when that exam comes, you can nail it. You know, if you look at it like that, then you know you can take very a lot of positives good. from it. I like that. So that's very good. So going back to America, the season in America, the college season only lasts from August till December so you play that a short window loads of games and then from basically from when you go back in January after Christmas right through to the next August Mm -hmm. you don't play any games at college level Mm -hmm. and what you know what I found is it's different from here where you just get bombarded with games all year round is that it gives you a lot of time to kind of you know reflect on your season um, and really pinpoint areas of your game you can improve and then you know, try and build yourself up to so when the season arrives, you know, you, you you're a better player going into the season than you were the year before. Definitely. So just I would say just look look at if you're not motivated and you feel kind of frustrated by what's going on in the world, just look at it that way. Don't think about what you're doing right now as for this weekend. Look at it and in the bigger picture and what you're yeah. gonna do for when the season starts back. Yeah, I would say that. That's no that that's brilliant, mate. I love the analogy with school. Um <laughs> I, really, it. really good you've been practicing that but what, what yeah, I would yeah. say as well is it forces you to be independent like it, everything's on you you're in complete control you're in charge of what you do when you train how you train there's no coach telling you what to do so it's a real time for you to take responsibility and as you said work hard now so when the season does come you're ready for it you know what I mean when, when the training starts back you're ready for it rather than doing nothing for six weeks and then six weeks time it's like right football's back and you're thinking shit like imagine if I'd worked every single one of those weeks right now I'd be feeling so much better I'd have confidence um, I'd be so motivated and inspired because to train and play again because you know you've done all the hard work so you're spot on absolutely couldn't agree with you anymore there Sam so let's see what else we've got um so not not being able to go to the gym is someone said not being able to go to the gym is another is the biggest problem right now and yet it is a problem for a lot of people but again going back to rather than focusing on what you can't do focus on what you can do so it's a time to look at other areas of your game reflect and rather than think i can't go to the gym i can't do this can't do that think what can i do like we've said focus on other aspects of your game absolutely another one would be this was this was one that came in it said i doubt myself when i'm not doing well right and I was reading it and I was thinking to myself, what could, how, could, how could I answer this, right? So if someone's saying that they doubt themselves when they're doing well, I think it shows that they've got an awareness that they're better than that. They can actually, they can do well. And the fact that they're doubting themselves shows that they know they're, they're capable of more, they're capable of better, um, whatever it is, if it's a performance or a shot or whatever it is. So what I would say is when you start doubting yourself, remind yourself, listen, the reason I'm doubting myself 
is because I know I can do better. So tell yourself, I can do better. And if you make a mistake, whatever happens, just, it's easy to say, but just leave it and, and focus on the next thing. Too many people get caught up, players get caught up. Uh, in the past, football's a constant game. It doesn't stop for anyone. You just need to keep moving forward, move on to the next thing. Changes so every week, football. That's it, changes every week. If you're doubting yourself, it's a good thing. It means you know that you're capable of more, you're capable of better. Um, so remind yourself that when, you're, when you start doubting yourself. Um, couple here, a couple struggling with injuries and not feeling the same since they've been in, injured. Some, some big ones, some ACL, some broken ankles, some bad injuries. Uh, I've had a bad injury as well, my ACL. And what I would say about getting injured is you've had your facial injuries as well. And you, you probably never feel the way you did before your injury. Um, but however you feel after, if you've given yourself enough time to heal and do the rehab, it's like the new normal. You, you just have to accept that maybe you're not going to feel the same as you did before, but you're healed, you're strong. Maybe you feel a little something, something, but it's strong. You can still um, perform and play. What would you say to that? Yeah, I agree. It's probably some, from your perspective, it's, you can probably answer that question a lot better. You went through probably one of the worst injuries that you can go through in football and at a really kind of pivotal point in your career. So if anything, you're, you're probably the man to answer that because, you know, it's it's all about picking yourself back up. And I remember the way you'd done it. You you documented it all with your kind of journey from, you know, having that initial injury, knowing that you're going to be out for a long time, mm -hmm. right through your full recovery, recovery, right until, you know, coming back out on the pitch and, uh, coming over that obstacle so I think when you know injuries they're part of the game so you've just you know they're horrible but you, you've just got to be kind of again going back to that lacking motivation type thing you've mm -hmm. just got to be like resilient and you've got to get over those obstacles and really just be optimistic about what's to what's to come definitely I mean the, the body heals um, you see top players uh, top Premier League players top European players who've had terrible injuries and they do get back up to the levels they were at before. Um, so it is possible. Um, so once mate, that's, that's us. I think we should wrap up. That was good. Right. I enjoyed chatting to you. Hopefully, um, whoever's listening, I'll cut, I'll cut out wee clips, wee, wee kind of good bits as well, wee highlights, and share them. Um, so thank you. And if anyone wants to get in touch with Craig to just chat about scholarships, um, they can do, can't they? Absolutely, yeah. So, you know, just look, find me on Instagram or Facebook or any, really any form of social media or, or get in touch with Sam and he'll put yeah. he'll give you my, my WhatsApp or whatever I'll pass you on I, I've, got, I've got no problem at all having a chat with you and put, putting you through to people you know that might be able to give you even more information so and and, yeah, and, to, yeah, and before and before free. we go Craig um, you obviously coming out the other end you got your degree um, yeah you're now in the process of getting a job and you're still, obviously, football's not on just now, but you were playing football as well. So you came out the other side um, with having that experience and something to yeah. show for it. Yeah, so I, I, went, I came back here and done my Masters in Glasgow. So, you know, it just shows you that um, probably when I left school, I never really thought about getting a degree. And now, you know, I've got two. So that's something maybe that you might be interested there in we go. as well. You know, you can ask me about that as well. So... Feel free to get in touch. You know, I'm 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 entirely open. You know, I'd love to be able to help you out for anyone that that needs it. Brilliant, Craig. Thank you, and and that's us.
Done and dusted. Episode one, show number one of the Sam Wardrop Show, or whatever you've named it, um, is now finished. Thank you for listening, and if you did make it this far, can I ask you a massive favour? And please could you share and tag me in your story, share it from Spotify, Apple Music, straight onto your social media profiles. That would be amazing because I do think there's a lot of people who can take value from things that we discuss in this episode, but also in future episodes. So thank you for listening, and I'll see you and you'll hear from me very soon.